It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, an exciting night of football. Again, the Crosstown Rival is a one-possession game that goes right down to the end. Uh, Brady, going to have fun talking about that one. I mean, it's just basically... It's you know it's going to be a low scoring close game and it's which team scores the two touchdowns <laughs> uh, that 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 gets the win. We almost had Dennis the shocker. It might have been the shocker of your career tonight. Yeah, I you know that's a good question. I'm going to have to sit down and really think out what is the biggest upset game I've ever seen because uh, and I wouldn't have seen it, but this would have been the to me, the, the biggest upset in a long, long time around this and area. And, like, the ones that come to mind initially turned out not to be upsets uh, with hindsight, like when Northern beat Marine City um, in the Matt Gold and when Algonac beat Marine City. At first you're going, what the hell just happened? And then you realize, oh, those are good teams yeah. and Marine City wasn't at the state-level power that they usually are. So it's like, oh, that. looking back at it, it makes sense. But uh, – Yale gave Croslex a pretty big scare tonight. Overtime win for Croslex at Yale. Yale, yeah, I, I got off the Yale bandwagon too early. <laughs> There's always one BWAC team that's my bugaboo, and, and I was high on Yale early, and they disappointed me early, and I'm like, ah, maybe I was wrong. I need to stick with my convictions. And Brady is mad tonight because right. his rivalry game – which is a special game because it's a yes. game you played in, Brady. Yes. And, uh, and and you don't want to see it ruined by people who shouldn't be ruining games. Okay. I'm getting this out <laughs> of the way now because there's a lot to talk about in Marine City's win. Um, and I don't want this to overshadow it because Marine City did things that, that really impressed me that I was really excited to see. However, Dennis, you can go back and play the tapes of old shows. We are very, very kind to officials. We almost always give them the benefit of the doubt, do we not? Almost. Like there are it takes a not every time. It takes a rare instance for us to come on the maybe off the air we'll say something, but on the air for us to say something, it takes something really what the hell just happened for us to bring it up, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, think back to basketball and baseball season. We usually will say, hey, you know, judgment calls are one thing. It's a person making a decision. I can live with that. You can live with that. We both have either officiated in our lives or know people who have, and we respect it, especially now that we're neutral parties and we're not looking at it with team-colored glasses on, correct? Yeah. There was no reason any of the officials should have been on the field in this Marysville Marine City game. So they're, was, they're that bad. It, that, Dennis, if, if this is the level that the official shortage is getting to, play this game Thursday. Play this game Saturday. Because what I saw tonight as of recording was wholly unacceptable. Dennis, like I said, it's one thing if there are judgment calls that go the wrong way. Hey, oh, you gave, in your game, you thought there was a soft roughing the passer. 
that's a judgment call. That's something that someone knows the rules, saw what happened, and interpreted it in a way that maybe you didn't agree with and maybe most people won't agree with, but it's an interpretation of the rules. You might not like it, but you understand it. My thought was on that particular play, just real quick, is it is the PH Northern game and the guy is like, I'm not going to let something happen that might escalate into emotions. If that's PH Fitzgerald, Northern Fitzgerald, and that hit happens, I don't think there's a flag. So, okay, but you, so you understand the rationale for yeah. what You didn't have calls being made up. You didn't have situations being made up. I'm just going to give you a few things that happened in this game. First of all, we had, I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head, you can't have offsetting, false start, and encroachment. It's one or the other. If someone moves in the neutral zone, you can't go, it's false start and encroachment, no penalty. That's not a rule. That happened tonight. Made up. I had a, I had a punt return. Kid, get, Parker Atkinson takes it, runs up the Marine City sideline, gets like a five-yard gain, gets tackled. Ball gets placed in the middle of the field. That is some. That is just complete not in the same universe. And you think that's a little thing, Brady. Why are you complete? Because it just kept stacking on top of each other. I had a retroactive timeout be applied in this game. <laughs> See, Dennis, I'm not kidding you. At the end of the game, or at the end of the first half, Marysville had the ball. Marine City had three timeouts. Marysville got a first down. The first down play, they lost a yard. There is a flag on the play. And... Darren Letson and Marine City call a timeout, right? Get the ball back. The official, hearing the timeout, goes, there is no play. Marine City called the timeout. The play didn't happen. (laughs) They called the timeout after he was tackled. That is not on the same planet as us, Dennis. (laughs) Like, it it, it just, I I can't believe that. And you could see that they were just... Letson and Frent on the Marines were so bewildered by what happened. They just couldn't believe it. And then they weren't even going to give them the timeout. They were lining up for the first down play. And Darren Letson basically had to say, well, you said I called the timeout. Give me my damn timeout. <laughs> we had uh, just things like that. And that's not to mention all the just poor misinterpretation of the rules, making calls up. I had a kid get called for, un- for excessive celebration because he didn't hand the ball to the official within five seconds after, the end, after scoring a touchdown. W- what are we talking about? I had a call where they got not one but two sideline warnings, and any official worth their weight knows after one sideline warning, it applies to both sides, it's a penalty right away. You can't – I know there's an official shortage. And part of the fault falls on, the, on the, the fans that get on officials that this is where it's come to. So, no, it's not just on this. Look in the mirror, and if you're too hard on officials, this is partly, partially on you. Maybe it's partially uh, – there's a lot of reasons. I'm not getting into it. But this level of officiating should never happen in a varsity game. Play a game on Thursday. Play a game on Saturday. I'm so glad this was not a close game because – not even just bad judgment calls. They were making up rules the entire game. I had a six-yard illegal formation penalty. <laughs> I had an illegal formation called four seconds after the ball was snapped from the back judge. I, and again, that's not including a phantom face mask call, a, 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 a random double unsportsmanlike penalty that didn't apply, a, 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 a dead or a 
personal foul that, that they, they applied during the play and then someone said, wait, no, that should be after they had to talk. That's not including a touchdown that the official right in front said was out at the two and the guy on the far sidelines running down saying touchdown and it takes him two minutes. It's just you cannot let a varsity game be officiated this way. Again, part of it is on not all coaches and parents, because actually most of them are pretty good. But the ones that are too hard are the reasons why it's gotten to this point. Play this game on a Thursday. Play this game on a Saturday. That was, for both sides, it didn't have an effect on the outcome of the game, thank God. But it was the worst, worst officiated game I've ever seen. Like, usually you'll have one brain fart in a while, Mooney Lutheran Seminary. It was a terrible one, but the rest of the game was, a, was finally officiated. This was making up rules as we went along. It felt like we, I was playing backyard football, and, and the guys go, well, does this seem fair? Okay, yeah, that's fair. We'll just do a do-over on this play. Yeah, playing backyard football, and the kid who owns the ball is also officiating the game. That, <laughs> seriously, like... And I don't know who the officials are. I didn't talk to them. And I hope they get better. I'm assuming they were a new crew. I, Lord, hope they are a new crew. But it was just, I felt like I was in the twilight zone. That it's just, I mean, there, there were whistles to stop plays and no explanation. Like, there was one time they blew the whistle. Everyone looked at the official and just went, why are you looking at me? And kept the play going and said, go, run a play. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to actually start yes. the podcast in just a I just wanted to get that off my chest because, <laughs> like I said, what if Marysville made this a close game? It, it, it would have been the biggest story. It would have overshadowed everything. But it was just, oh, I, we, we need to figure out a solution. Because that, like I said... It's one thing to make bad judgment calls, but to not know the basic rules. To, on every punt return, place the ball in the middle of the field, not where they were tackled. It's not a touchback. Like, it's stuff you should learn just from watching football and never having any formal training. Anyway, I wanted to get that out of the way <laughs> because I have a lot of nice things to say about Marine City. They, 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 they played well. Um, and we have a lot to talk about, so I didn't want that overshadowing the, the, the game we're talking about. And again, Dennis, over 500-some games we've done, 98% of officials have been good, have done their job, and I haven't even thought about them. But tonight was so bad. It was so twilight zone, out of this world, fifth dimension. I'm, I thought I was across the river watching Canadian football rules <laughs> because it was just so, just so many things blew my mind that I had to shut my mouth or I was afraid I was going to get in trouble on the air calling the game. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about Brady's game and we'll talk about the Crosstown Showdown uh, and uh, run through all the uh, Macomb Area Conference scores in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. 
contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Gara Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, Dennis and Brady in a high-charged, high-emotional, high-powered... My blood pressure still is coming down. And for good reason, because... 
some great rivals. Port Huron High and Port Huron Northern. Was this the perfect game? Absolutely not. Has it ever been? Both coaches are going to look at this game tape and they're going to pull hair out and they're going to cuss themselves and they're going to wonder how did we win? How did we lose? You know, how did this, how did we let this happen? But in the end, these two teams always play a close game. They always play it down to the wire. There's always drama right to the last freaking second, and they did it again. They did it again. And it's the same damn score. <laughs> yeah, it's always 14-7. Oh, to seven. And the one that wasn't was 14-7 to seven until there was a pick six on the final play and a play that shouldn't have counted. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it, – it, it's kind of uncanny – and the other thing about this is lately the unexpected happens. Okay? I'm going to eat a little crow here. I looked I'll at, take a helping too. I, I looked at Port Huron Northern and went, ooh, Fletcher is a big loss. Ooh, Kanye Cole is out this week. Yeah, you know, they've really played kind of a – they're a good team, but they really haven't been challenged yet. You know, PH has seen a little adversity. Their guys are playing big for them right now. I kind of like them in this one. And right from the get-go, Northern said, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. They took the opening possession. They drove downfield, and they score on a 17-yard pass play, and they never trailed again in that football game. They were up 14 to nothing, and, and the Big Reds were knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door, couldn't get in, finally get an early touchdown to start the second half to make it 14-7, to and you're like, okay. But again, they'd threaten. They'd get close. They'd almost be there. And Northern would bend but not break, and they held on. They win the game 14-7, to and don't look now, but the Huskies are 5-0, and and they're 3-0 and in, in league play. And there's no one that's – I mean – And, they're yeah, they're going well, the, we'll, we'll to be the favorites. A, we'll talk about the rest of their schedule, but uh, let's get the highlights and Coach Rollins because I think we're going to have a lot to talk about this Yeah, game. so here it is. Huskies beat the Big Reds 14-7, to and it sounded like this. Floink out of the gun. Hand off to prone, no, play fake, throwing, man wide open, Haru, touchdown, Huskies! 17 yards, Cam Haru was wide open on a great play-action pass by Bloink. Northern strikes first on their opening possession. So second and goal from the three. Opening minute of the second quarter. Northern trying to go up two scores here. Prone is the back. They've also moved more into the backfield in a pistol look. Two receivers to the left. Williams is to the right. Bloink straight ahead with it, and he's into the end zone for a Huskies touchdown. Three-yard run by Dylan Bloink, and with 11.06 to go in the first half, the Huskies are up 13-0 pending the extra point. So first down from the 11, trips to the right here for a holler. Another high snap, but Amari's got it. Rolling out, looking, throwing into the end zone. Caught for a big red touchdown by Jaden Ashford. There is a flag on the play back near the 14-yard line. So hold the phone, but Ashford catches the 11-yard pass from Holler. Is it a big red score or not? Holding against the big reds, so this one will not count. Again, two receivers to either side on first down from the 45. They'll give it to Troy. Troy to the 50. 
to the 45-40. Cuts outside, down the sidelines, 20, 15, 10, 5. Forget it. He's into the end zone for a big red touchdown. 55 yards for Gavin Troy. And the Big Reds are on the board with 11.05 to go here in the third. It's a football game again at 14-6. The Big Reds must end this drive with a touchdown or they're going to lose the football game tonight. 1.06 to go. And the Husky defense looking for two more stops. Third down and long from the 31. Empty backfield, five receivers. Holler, straight drop, steps up now. Amari, picked off, intercepted by Heck, and he'll take it out to midfield. Tried to get it to Caden Rogers, and Heck was waiting for that one. Picks it off and takes it back to midfield. The Big Reds can't stop the clock. Northern can win it with two knees. And they would, 14-7. to uh, seven. And the only thing that I got right about this game was if I said Heck's name, it's a good night for Northern. You're a prophet, Dennis. And, and, and I said uh, Heck's name. The prophet uh, of the book of Stucky. At, at a great moment. So it was uh, uh, a tight game again. Uh, let's get Larry Rowland's uh, quick uh, thoughts uh, on this. It was a brief interview after the game, but he was looking – for the Brick Fowler uh, trophy because I think he wanted to take it out for a drink. With a smiling Larry Rollins, uh, 14 to seven, another nail biter with your crosstown uh, rivals. It went right down to the wire again. What else is uh, new? Your thoughts just uh, on everything that went on in this game. Um, that was a great high school football game against two good football teams. That, I mean, that's phenomenal. Uh, ironically, I think it's been 14-7 the last three years or two years or whatever it is. Um, but all three phases, uh, kids battled hard. They played hard. Um, credit to Dan and his staff and those kids. They, they played hard and they battled. Uh, it, it was a great night to be a part of. You got the early lead. The, the first drive was a really nice uh, drive, great touchdown pass. Uh, you, you got some young players in, involved in things. Um, Dylan scored the touchdown early in the, the second quarter. They got a couple of big runs on you. Troy had a long touchdown run, but really that was about it. A couple of big chunk plays, and, and your defense without Luke Fletcher was just fine tonight. Yeah, uh, the, you know, our defensive coaches did a great job with the plan this week, uh, knowing that Luke was going to be out. Um, and they played hard. Those kids, they did their job tonight. They did their assignment and just battled and battled and battled. Um, and like you said, they, they, they had a few chunk plays, but sustaining drives, we kind of we did a great job of kind of slowing that down for them. We got out to, we got to a, a quick 14 nothing lead on them there, and, you know, we kind of sputtered out offensively, but, you know, the, our defense kept us in the game the whole night. Unfortunately, Dylan couldn't finish the, the, the game. Uh, any news on that? No, not right now. Not, I have no, not, not right now. No. All right. Uh, still work to be done to win the Mac Blue, but uh, you'll be the favorite uh, next week. But congratulations, 5-0 and and 3-0 and in league and a win over your crosstown rival. Yes, thank you very much. Appreciate it. There's Larry Rollins. Yeah, so with five minutes to go in the game, Dylan Blank left with uh, some sort of uh, leg injury. Not quite sure what it was. He needed help off the field. He was down for a while. He needed help off the uh, field to the the sidelines um 
and we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll have to wait. Uh, my guess is the way it looked, I don't know if they're going to play him in the next game. Yeah, and you, you never know. Sometimes injuries look really bad on the field and they turn out not to be too too bad and they're only out maybe a week. And there's other times where someone like, oh, it just looks like a little nagging injury. Like you've seen people tear ACLs and walk off the field and just go like, oh, that kind of hurt and be all right. So again, we're not here to play doctor. We don't know what's going to happen. But what I do know is Portion on Northern's 5-0 and and in the biggest game of the year without their best defensive player, they shut down a port here on high offense that had been humming the last three weeks. Well, it, it was a really strange game again. First half, Northern ran 30 plays. The Big Reds only ran 14. In the second half, Northern's got the lead, and they're trying to run the clock, and yet they ran nine fewer plays, and the Big Reds ran 17 more plays in the second half than they did in the first half. So that part of it was kind of weird. And statistically, you'd think, because I really, like Northern did a really good job tonight, but I had the Big Reds for 310 yards. I had the Huskies for 185. The problem for the Big Reds was most of their offense came on three big runs. Gavin Troy had a 58-yard run and a 55-yard run, and Amari Holler had a 43-yard run, and that's most of their offense right there. Um, they threw the ball okay, but they really couldn't throw the ball downfield because Northern was getting good pressure. I'm not going to call them all sacks, but Amari was tackled behind the line of scrimmage eight times in this game. Yeah, because, I mean, depending on how you score sacks, some people just score if the quarterback's hit behind the line of scrimmage. Some people think well, it's a true I mean, drop back, yeah. but still. Some were sacks, is, some were him running the ball, and one was a snap over his head. And, again, you didn't have your best defensive lineman, and you still put all that pressure on them. And the, the point I kept belaboring in, in the preview was, how is Amari Holler going to stand upright? How is he going to handle the uh, uh, pressure? And will there be pressure, or will he have a lot of time? And he did not. And, you know, I, I really didn't think Portia and I would only score seven, seven touchdowns. If you told me yesterday, hey, Northern will score 14 points, I would have told you PH is winning that game all day, especially knowing that Fletcher was out. But what I like about this is it's a credit to the kids that you stepped up your game and you you shut down a port here on high offense with the guys you had. You, you, you had a little bit of bend, don't break, but you still did a great job in the biggest game shutting them down making the plays when you need to. And offensively, you got out to that lead so your defense can play a little more relaxed so you're not counting on them thinking, hey, if you miss one assignment, we're lo- we're down in this football game. That's a great job by Northern. And, yeah, I'll take just as much crow as you will because I thought Port here on high was going to win that game too. But all the credit in the world to the Port here on Northern Huskies as – they are going to be favorites in the rest of their games this year. Now, the, here, here's the, the thing that they're going to be lamenting for, for PH. PH had their chances to score more than they did. Had a touchdown taken away on a, a holding penalty that turned into 33 yards of penalty, and they went from being what, what 
could have been a score, uh, or at least worst case scenario, they're at the the 20 instead of the 10. Now they're back out past the 30, and everything just deteriorates from there. There was a fumble uh, in the first half that gave the Big Reds the ball at the 28. They couldn't cash in. They got the ball to the 7 of Northern late in the third quarter, fourth and six from the seven, and they tried a little jump pass. The player was open, but the pass was a little bit low, and right Caden Rogers wrong execution. Yeah, Caden Rogers couldn't come up with it, and they turned the ball over on doubts. So when Northern needed to get the stop, they got the stop, and penalties hurt the Big Reds because on both Huskies touchdowns, there were 15-yard penalties that helped the drive along. They weren't the plays that made the drive, but they both happened on the big red side of the field and put Northern that much closer to the uh, to the goal line. Um, and, and, and Bloink was Bloink. 84 yards passing, but a beauty play-action pass for a 17-yard touchdown to uh, Cam uh, Haru. And, uh, and he had 58 yards rushing and scored another rushing touchdown in this game before getting hurt and, and leaving the game. But... First at the Portion High point with penalties, Dennis. The last ever since we've done this, we started in 2020. It feels like that's been the biggest knock against Port here on High is they shoot themselves in the foot and they they have to overcome penalties in every game they play, and special teams as well. Those have been the two biggest tough spots for Port here on High, and it played a factor again tonight. Uh, and, and Northern, uh, too, they, they got a, a nice kick return uh, from a, a guy whose name I hadn't said all year, uh, Amir Moreland, and I want to get him in there because he made uh, like three very noticeable plays in the football game. Uh, so uh, he showed up and was kind of a, a wild card in things for the, the Huskies. So um, all in all, it was a really entertaining football game. Gavin Troy. Fun. 11 carries, 158 yards, and a touchdown for the Big Reds. Um, I keep, I've been hearing Gavin's name now for a couple of years, and I finally seen why they've been talking about Gavin so much. Really explosive, really runs. He's uh, a junior. Yeah, he really runs uh, hard um, for the for the Big Reds. They will bounce back. Um, their next well, their next two games are very winnable. I think their next three are. Their crossover is Fitzgerald. Yeah, they'll beat Fitzgerald. So, Portier on High will, will lick its wounds, but they're going to beat Lance Cruz North and Sterling Heights. But again, I, I just want to give all the credit in the world to Port here on Northern. That's that's a great win, and and much like how a year ago Port here on High won this game without Amari Holler and Gavin Troy. This year, Port here on Northern wins it without all of their horses. And it's just a gritty team win that you hang your hat on that, yeah, Dennis, I don't want to say this and throw this out there because we're going to see what Ty Fletcher is. At least, probably at least for a game, you'd imagine, right? Yeah, that, that's the way it looked to me that, that Bloink might miss at least the next game. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. I'll, because he's I'm been hope, having a great year. I am hope he goes to the doctor on Monday and they say, nope, you're fine, uh, and, and he's back in against Frazier. But uh, Frazier at home, and, and boy, the, the whoever made the schedule at Northern deserves a gold medal 
Yeah, there's a old, it's second gonna, only to St. Clair's. It's going to be week six of the season, and this is going to be the fifth game they've played at Memorial Stadium. Hey, it's always good when you're, you're the road team in the Crosstown Showdown, right? You know, and they've got another game in week eight against East Point at the stadium. And, they're other, and they're, one of their two remaining road games is just it's, in St. Clair. just in St. Clair. But uh, against Frazier, I'm, I'm pretty sure that no matter who they're using at quarterback, Northern's going to be okay. Frazier just, lost tonight 40-14. to 14. Yeah, and j- just, just the, the Northern defense alone, I think, can beat Frazier. Yeah, and you have a very real possibility – at an undefeated regular season. And that's something we haven't talked about at Port here on Northern since the 80s. Yeah, it was before I got to town. It looked just a I mean, quick they've look. Had, they've had some good teams, but when, even when they were playing in the red, you're not going 9-0. and No, it looks like uh, in 1986. They went 10-0. and 0. That was my last year of high school. Yeah, before losing to, to Sterling Heights-Stevenson in the Class A regional. Okay. So that's how long it's been unless I miss something. Again, it's late at night, and I'm trying to do quick math. But it looks like you have a chance to do something special. Now, just going to throw this little warning out there. We saw one team that maybe was drinking their own Kool-Aid a little too much, and they almost tripped up. We're going to talk about that in the next segment, but hey, you still have to go out and win four more games. The other team still wants to win the football game when you go out there. Yeah. And, every, and everyone's putting the target on your back now. But congratulations to Northern. Hey, I, I will take that loss and, and just tip my cap and say, congratulations, Larry. Congratulations, Northern. That is a hell of a win. Yeah. Uh, and again, and if, if you're the big reds and you're going, hey, if Blank is hurt, we don't know about the, the other guy, and they play Frazier and Mott, maybe we can get some help so they have to win their next two games too and they can still get a piece of the prize. Well, and you're still you – are, you are three and two at this point, which is not a guarantee for the playoffs. Now we think they're favored in at least three of their next four games. Take care of business, get in position to go in the playoffs, and then – why not for the, the third time in three full seasons have a rematch in the playoffs? Yeah, it, it's funny because everybody w- was talking and everybody was seeing a few weeks, seeing a few weeks. And, it, and it's like, um, I, I think it was Stu said, I want to see him in a few weeks, but not in the first game. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I wanna see him in a, in a regional, fi- or like in a district final or, or a regional game. Right, but... Trust me, I'll get all nerdy with the map stuff later yeah, in, in, in the season. But And Roseville uh, lost tonight, so. They look mortal. Yeah. But it was to Gross Point South. Yeah. But still, they look mortal. I was not expecting Roseville to lose a game in the white this year. I wasn't either. So, and they, they don't have great quantity numbers. So, anyway, um, anything else on this one? No, just that, again, it, uh, thanks. It was another fun game to, to broadcast, and, and I owe that to the coaches and the kids. How was the atmosphere? It was a great atmosphere. It's always a great atmosphere. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes it takes it goes to that. Like the, the 2019 one, you look at pictures, there's, what, 10,000 people in that stadium? Yeah, I don't think we quite had 10,000 tonight. Maybe I don't, I'm in a booth. Hard to, hard to tell just how many people are in the end zones and, and all of that. But – 
Uh, it was a big crowd. It was interesting. I'm on the PH side. That's where we broadcast from. So they were a little quiet in the first half. They were a lot noisier in the second half. Um, but it was a good atmosphere. And, uh, you know, I, I like it. I like when the, the PHN kids start chanting PHN, PHN, and so the Port Huron people chant something back. And I like when that interaction is going on and the fans are into it. Um, and, and there's a lot of pride. Yes. Yes. And in a good a lot, way. It's, it's a, lot, a good pride, and it's just good for the community. It's a lot more fun when both teams are two heavyweights duking it out. Yes. So enjoy enjoy this right now because it's awesome, and that's what high school football is all about. Yes. I like that the two teams are really close right now and really good. Speaking of teams that are really good, Marine City did Marine City things tonight, and it was the best showing I saw. They beat Marysville 48-20. It was 14 nothing at half, and you're thinking, okay, Marysville's in this. Marine City got the ball first, and – they the second half was unbelievable let's listen to the highlights hear what coach lesson letson had to say because well once you hear the coach Lutzen interview we'll get into what we're talking about but here's how how it sounded when marine city beat marysville works out wide to the left in motion heslip now under center snap handoff rafino he's tripped up at the line of scrimmage but he crossed the goal line touchdown marine city Second and goal from about the two. Snap, handoff. No, Heslop keeps it, dives over the goal line. Touchdown, Marine City. 9.45 to go in the third. A chance to keep it at 14-0. Snap, handoff, working near side. Up the 15-10-5. Touchdown, Parker Atkinson. No. Out at the one. The uh, One official saying out. The other official saying touchdown. Either way, it's a big game for Marine City. No touchdown, I believe. Ball's on the one-yard line. First and goal from the one. Likely, oh, nope, touchdown. Touchdown, Marine City with Parker Atkinson. Donaldson and Sakuchi snap, handoff middle, working his way. No, right side, Sakuchi, room to work, 35-30, rumbling, still on his feet, 15-10-5, tackle near the goal line, but into the end zone. Touchdown, Carter Sakuchi, touchdown, Marysville. We got ourselves a ball game. Knocking on the door for their fourth touchdown of the game. Heslop under center, Muscat straight behind him. Offset left, Zach Tetler. Snap, turning left, handoff, Muscat. Room to work, the 10, the 5, the end zone. Touchdown, Paul Muscat. Touchdown, Marine City. Jeff Heslop under center, turns, fakes the handoff. Looks, fires, middle of the field, wide open, and into the end zone. Touchdown, Parker Atkinson and Marine City. The play action fooled everyone in the Viking defense. A one-play drive in Marine City, pouring it on now up 34-6. to Looks like Muscat and Tetler, the men in the backfield, snap. Handoff, near side, working to the outside. To the 20, to the 15, to the 10, to the 5, to the end zone. Number 18, Cameron Maluski. No one touched him, and now Marine City... Putting this game in running time. First and 10 at the 
Marine City 24-yard line. Noah LaValle under center. McKinney straight behind him. Sakuchi off, set to the left. Snap, handoff. Sakuchi right side to the 20. Breaks an arm tackle. 15-10. Another arm tackle broke as the five is Carter Sakuchi. Gets into the end zone. Touchdown, Marysville. And a flag comes out right at the end. On the left hash, second and goal inside the one-yard line. Osterlin under center. Snap, handoff, left side, Maluski untouched into the end zone. Touchdown, Marine City. Winston snap, turns left, hands off, Murphy right side, across the five, across the goal line, into the end zone, touchdown, Marysville. Countdowns on, three, two, one, and Marine City improves to four and one with an impressive 48-20 win over Marysville. Yes, I edited those highlights in a specific way, um, but... No, that's a very nice win for Marine City. Again, when it was close at halftime and you felt like Marysville, at least defensively, was keeping themselves in the game. Marine City's defense played really well. Five straight scoring drives out of the gate to, for Marine City to, to put this one away, put it to bed. Whole fourth quarter is played with basically backups. Coach Letson was very happy with the win. His Mariners improved to 4-1. and one. Got a chance to catch up with him after the game. Here with Marine City head coach Darren Letson. Coach, a big 48-20 win over rival Marysville. I thought that second half of football, you came out it up 14-0. That's the best half of football, at least I've seen you play all year. Yeah, you know, I just I, I, I just think we're I, I, I think we're coming. I really do. I, I believe we're, we're, we're coming. Um, you know, so many people are, are quick to judge and, and, and so many people question. But, uh, you know, we, we have kids. Um, it's just our youth is getting caught up. Our youth and our, our, our kids from last year that maybe didn't get as many reps as they needed or, or whatever, they're just coming. Our depth is coming. Um, our explosiveness on offense is coming back. And uh, and our, our, our defense is coming. Don't be fooled. Our defense is coming. Uh, definitely the cleanest game we played. Uh, definitely the cleanest half we played. Um, and, and hopefully we can just keep building from here. Well, I'll take some heat for that because through the first two games, I saw some unmarine city-like things, penalties, things of that nature, not being on the same page. But you were clicking on all cylinders. I thought that defense was swarming. Your first team only gave up six points on the night. That seemed to be one of the bigger differences. Is that and offensively in the second half, I don't know what you averaged per carry. It had to have been close to ten yards a pop. No, our offensive line is coming. They're they're just getting better with with what we're doing schematically, uh, with their steps and their, and their, you know, the way they're, they're getting to the second level and, and our backs are seeing things cleaner. Um, I, it just, I, just think, I just feel like everything's coming together at the right time. And, and we'll just see how we close out. We know we have a tough game next week against Lamphere. Um, we knew going into the season we were going to take blow after blow after blow after blow from teams. And, uh, you know, so far I think we've withstand a lot of, a lot of punches. And, uh, and, and we'll just see where we're at at the end of this. Well, Coach, thank you, and uh, good luck next week against Lanphier. Thanks, bud. And, yeah, I think I, I I deserve to get a little shade thrown at me yet because, yes, I was. there were things that concerned me about Marine City before this game, and in that second half, I saw everything I wanted to see out of a Marine City game. They didn't make mistakes that killed drives they were methodical their offensive line created big holes their defense was swarming I mean it didn't matter what Marysville ran at time that defense was attacking and Marine City looked like the Marine City you expect where they step on the throat and don't give you you a chance even when it was 14 nothing 
You felt like Marysville had to get a few breaks to get back in this game. But that was a very satisfying win to see if you're a Marine City fan. Because before the game, talking to to people around the stadium, they're all thinking this should be a, a close ball game. Marysville's not that bad, and they're an improving football team. We can't just roll the ball out. And Yeah, that second half was methodical. It, it, it reminded me of seeing North Branch, what they did to Almont, just surgically down the field and getting big plays, and they didn't have to do anything fancy. They just got their, their guys the ball, and they went to work. Um, and, and, and again, like, I don't know. I don't want to say I uh, told you so, but I kind of have been on Marine City's, like, they're still Marine City to me. And um, and I like Marysville. I, I like what they did last week against Lamphere. I, I thought they really stuffed Lamphere. But again, you you had to almost play a perfect game to do it like that. They needed to come out and play a perfect game tonight. It sounds like you know for a half they were in this the, thing. If they catch a break somewhere, the, the f- their defense really gave up one touchdown because the first draw, their first touchdown by Marine City, it was they punted it straight to Parker Atkinson. He fakes the handoff to Rafino, and 11 guys run at Anthony Rafino, and Parker Atkinson went, that was easier than I thought, and ran all the way to the 14-yard line of Marysville, and you give Marine City the ball first and 10 on the 14, they're going to score. Yeah. So that wasn't the defense's fault. I thought Marysville's defenses showed at, in the first half times of, of doing things well, but Whatever adjustments were made in the second half, Marine City figured it out, and Marysville did not have an answer in any phase of the game. And that second half was domination. I don't want to be mean, but that the, the score was looked better than it actually was. It did not feel like it was only a twenty-eight point win for Marine City. And, and again, I just I just look at what the Mariners have been doing now: forty-eight points this week. Mm-hmm. 53 points last week, uh, 33, against, 33 the, against the Saints, 56, I think it was, against Clawson. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're scoring a ton of points. I, I don't see their games. You see their games. But they're scoring so much, and they're not giving up a ton, that it, it just they feel like Marine City to me. And do you think it's a, a real thing I guess a, a state championship appearance hangover where some maybe the kids, they're kids and they're thinking, hey, yeah, we can do this. All we have to do is show up and play. And then you realize, no, you have to work for it. And once you work for it, hey, we're a month into the season. This is the results of, hey, once you figure out what you need to do. And, and let's be honest, once they got healthier because they were not 100%, this is what Marine City can be. And that's not a bad Marysville team. They didn't make them look good tonight. Uh, I think also what you have to remember is there were some new kids in there this year, and they're replacing Wyatt Walker, and they're replacing other big-name players who were exceptional for Marine City last year, who were why Marine City got as far as they did. They got to the state championship game. You can't expect the new guy to step in in week one and be that good. But it's almost not fair because you feel like with with Marine City, 
that's just how they do it, that it's plug and play, and then you have to remember they're not robots, it, they're humans. It's how it feels, but when you go back and actually look at it, it's right. not actually how it is. No, but that's just how it – because their down years are six and three. Yeah. And they lose to Madison, who, who was really good at the time, and they lose at the time a really good Marysville team and, and, and things like that. Like uh, the, 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 the team Rich, that – Good Algonac and Richmond teams. The, the team that won the second state title for them, if you go back and look, they gave up a lot of points. It's just that they scored 50 against everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can give up 24 if you're scoring 49. Um, one last thing on this game before we get to the St. Clair game. It's just – and again, we'll go more into this with the Yale Cross-Lex game. But, Dennis – you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like when I've been watching sports, and it doesn't matter the sport, that the power of belief is a big thing. If you go onto a field believing and thinking that you should win this game, that it is up to us, we don't need help from the other team, that we can win this game, it makes a big difference. And it just looked like, once Marysville got behind the eight ball, there was a here we go again type of attitude. Maybe not explicitly, but it just kind of feels like right now, and it felt like this last year. Obviously, 2020 was different, but it felt like, all right, come out. Like, it's not that they didn't think they could win, but once it started to go downhill, it's like, damn, it's happening again, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, it, it is a real thing um, because I've experienced it myself. I've been on teams where there are just certain teams we couldn't beat them, and no matter how hard you tried or how good you thought your team was that year, like this is the year we're going to get those SOBs, we're so much better than they are, and then they beat you again. Mm-hmm. And and it, it does. It gets into your head. Now, I don't know – if this group of Marysville kids are thinking that or if they're just going out and playing football. But it sure does, like, there's the feel, isn't there? Yes. Like, like, like you show up, even, if, just, even like, if it's not the kids, it's in the stands. Like, the parents know because it's probably not their first kid through the program and they, they've been in this rivalry for you know, the last 15, 20 years, and it hasn't been good for Marysville. And so it starts in the stands, and then it kind of works its way down to your sideline. And, and it's just something when this, in these kids' lives, Marysville's beating them one time. One time Marysville's beating them, and it becomes just a habit, and it's really, really hard to break it. But the last two years, it's just kind of felt like, uh-oh, here it goes again. How, like, I don't know how to stop this. And that's why, like, when we talk about Armada, and that's one of the reasons why I like Armada is, yes, they went up to Crosslex and lost, but Dennis, you talked to them before that game. They fully intended to win that game. When I talked to Kyle Rowley before Marine City, he told me, he goes, I didn't schedule Marine City to say, oh, hey, we played Marine City. I scheduled Marine City to beat Marine City. And then they won, and that's why you talk about the BWAC crossing over with Marine City. They don't have that fear of the Mariners. Well, and that's uh, – and, and as you'll notice, and we'll talk about it coming up in the next segment, Armada the last two, three years here have been ending streaks 
against teams that have beaten them a lot lately uh, and that they have long losing streaks to. They're starting to beat these teams, and it's because the new guy is in there and he said, look, I didn't have anything to do with those losses. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 we're, we're, starting f- we're starting fresh. I'm 0-0 zero and zero against these teams. Yeah. Let's get to 1-0. and Right. And Yale, you don't take Cross-Lex to overtime if those kids didn't go into that game believing they could beat them. They didn't care what we said, Dennis. They didn't care that we thought, okay, Cross-Lex show up, roll and all out, 28-point win, go home. They gave Cross-Lex all they could handle, and Coach Grunman has those kids believing. Again, the, the best quote I've ever heard about those Walt Braun teams. Uh, Denny White would always say this. Those Walt Braun teams at Marysville weren't always good. They just didn't know they weren't that good. Yeah, that's a true story. I'll go uh, when Jim Leland got to the Tigers. He said, "We need to strut. We need to walk out on the field like the Yankees do if you want to win like the Yankees do." Yeah, and there's just, and you don't see it with Marysville against any other team, but there's just that feeling of, uh oh, despair. It's Marine City. How do we beat the boogeyman? And Marine City has that attitude, whether it's against Marysville, whether it's against St. Clair, whether it's against Armada, whether it's against Frankenmuth or Grand Rapids Catholic Central. They walk out on that field going, we are going to win the football game today. Until Armada beat Marine City, I kept thinking, Marine City is going to pull this game out somehow, and they, they damn near did twice. Well, here's the thing for Marysville. Got to forget this. You, your next three games are very important, and they're all winnable. Yes. You got to go back to work, start thinking Clintondale, and you got to win that game. This, yeah. this is one that got away from them last year. Got to go to Clintondale next week and win that football game. Yes, you do. Uh, Clintondale only lost to South like 22-20 tonight. So. Yeah, that was a weird score. There were weird scores tonight. Very weird score. Lamphere 42, St. Clair nothing. This... Uh, I, I wanna... didn't expect St. Clair to give up 42 points. Yeah, that that's the part that surprised me, but the, the Saints not scoring. Again, we've said it all year long. They're really struggling on that side of the ball. Their defense has been keeping them in games. But again, you know, Lamphere does score points. Like They, they are about a 40-point-a-game team, and they were at home this week. And I'm sure they were not happy with the way they played at Marysville last week. No, it's just... I was hoping for more. Like, I thought St. Clair would lose this game, but I thought they'd lose 20-6, to that they'd get the touchdown, but Lanphier's offense was good enough that they'd find a way to to, to get scores. And St. Clair's defense had been good through three weeks. Like I said, they they only gave up four touchdowns their defense did against Marine City. They've held Marine City to their lowest scoring output. Richmond only scored 14 points. Other teams had scored six points against them, and those were in high-leverage situations. Bottom kind of fell off from the Saints tonight. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and in all of it, Brady, they have the same record that Marysville has. They're yeah. sitting there at, uh, at two and three. They've got a South Lake team coming in next week that – I don't know if they were looking past Clintondale Either tonight Clintondale or what was going on. Either Clintondale got a lot on. better or Southlake regressed. Because I don't know, but 
That was a South, very because South Lake had been had been tough through the first four weeks of the season, pretty much. Yes. So uh, interesting, um, but out of all of that, I I think uh, you know I've I've always felt all along that Marine City was going to be okay. Now they've got to go to Lamphere next week, uh, and again, that not an easy game, but a, a game that the Mariners are the favorite. Yeah. I mean, until until Lamphere shows me different, the Mariners are the favorite in that one. Marysville must win at Clintondale. Uh, and uh, if you're uh, St. Clair, you've got South Lake at home. Have to you, win it. You, you, you have to win it. And, you, and again, your, your defense can only do so much. You're going to have to score, find a way to score some points. Yes, you are. Um, Romeo beat Anchor Bay 30-21, to 21, but that's not the story. That's a good showing, that though, is. by Anchor Bay because – Everybody was telling me Romeo is that team. And Anchor Bay is playing with them. And Anchor Bay is playing with them. But Dennis, they finally did it. The New New Haven Haven Rockets. Rockets, For the first time since, I believe, 2018, won a football game. Might have been 2017. And by by three scores. 36-16 over Madison. It's a big Mac bronze win. For New Haven, it is. And we're going to talk about breaking streaks in the next segment. Yale almost upset Cross-Lex. Where does that put the Pioneers in the in the whole situation? But, yeah, we'll talk about the BWAC next. We've already probably gone close to an hour through the first segment and intro. But, uh, yeah, the, it was over 30 games for the Rockets, so good for them. Yes, good for them indeed. All right, take a break, and uh, we'll come back with some more interesting football. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit
visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back with uh, Dennis and Brady. Well, Croslex got the win, but why do I feel like we're going to talk more about Yale? Because I don't. Because if anyone out there that's not from Yale or has a kid on Yale or is family with anyone at Yale said that this game would be close in the fourth quarter, you're lying and stop lying because everyone thought Croslex would go in there and win by 28. Yeah. Like, yeah, Yale was improved and they had beat Richmond and it was a nice story, but Croslex has been dominating. They had a week off and. Yeah, it was okay, whatever. And I saw it was 12-12 in the second quarter. I went, okay, Yale got up for the rivalry game. It's it's interesting, but Croslex will pull away, and they just never did. Yale went on a long drive at the end of the fourth quarter. I believe they converted a fourth and 13 to keep it alive, tied it at 26, and went to overtime. Now, Dennis, before we get into the – you know what? Let's talk about the game first because I'm going to play the hypothetical game with you after okay. that. So – Croslex survives. That's the good news. Hey, you can learn a lot from this, and you still your your record's intact. You don't have to worry about splitting BWAC titles or anything like that. Your record is intact. Uh, Yale kicked a field goal in the top of the first overtime. Croslex scored a touchdown in the bottom three-point win for Croslex. You survive with your lives, and that's the good news. You survived, and it's not... How, it's how many, and they got number five tonight. 
Yeah. Uh, and I also want to point out that they still don't have all their horses. I don't want to make excuses. I still expect even uh, Croslex team um, with guys out to win bigger in this game. But I don't know. How much does not having belly grappy affect them? Well, I don't want to take anything away from Yale because, Dennis, it would be real easy to see what Croslex has done to teams and just roll over and die when a team – you go, like, so you could think, all right, we lost to Armada by how much and they beat Armada by how much, but that's a big credit to Garrett Grundman to get your kids ready for this game and get them believing they can win this game. Now – you can't take moral victories. You lost the game. You gave them hell, but you ended up losing. But what this does is it invigorates the kids. It gives them that belief that we just played with the best team in the BWAC. Two, three weeks ago, we lost to North Branch by 1,000, and we lost to Armada by 100. Now look at where we are. That's growth. And Dennis, down the rest of the schedule for Yale... Emily City, Algonac, Almont, Lutheran North. Is that Almont game unwinnable after this performance? Well, I mean, you'd like to say that Yale will take this and because they're definitely the favorites uh, in those other games that, that you mentioned. That, not Almont, but the, the, the Emily City, they're going to they're gonna take the win over Algonac and Lutheran North. Yeah, uh, I I mean certainly they're they're gonna get an Algonac win. They're 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 gonna beat Emily City, um. So th- that they're gonna be feeling good when they play Almont. But uh, again, just because in one week they played cross legs tight, again I don't know that they're quite ready to be with the heavyweights. I've said this a couple of times. I really like the direction that they're going in. I really think that they can make the playoffs. I really think that they're building a good thing, and I'm hoping that next year we can talk about Yale taking the steps that Armada took last year and are continuing to take mm-hmm. this year and building that program back up it's be- funny. because Yale has been a good team in the BWAC before. Can I draw a parallel? I didn't think about this until you mentioned Armada and next year them taking those steps. Dennis, do you remember at the end of the 2020 season, Armada was 3-2, and two, but one win was a forfeit, and they had beaten Richmond by a point and beaten Yale, who I don't think won a game that year. They weren't a great football team. And North Branch was the powerhouse in the BWAC. And what happened the last week of the regular season? They almost beat North Branch. They lose 28-21. And they had a chance to, to win that game. Or at least they had the ball and had a chance to tie or go for the win. What did they do the next year? They took that next step. Maybe this is that version for Yale. Because Yale certainly has the numbers. And I've said it before. That is so much of the battle. Having depth finding kids and where to go with it is so much part of the part of the solution in figuring out how to win and what yes what this does is now Yale's kids are going to believe guess what there's going to be a spark in that school that your hated rival that is ranked number 2 in division 4 you just took to overtime again you can't take the moral victory you still lost the game but 
that's a great showing for Yale. And I'm yes, this is where I thought Yale could be. It took them a little longer to get to this point. But at the beginning of the season, I thought Yale could do this one week, get up for a big game. And maybe, maybe, Crosslex, you said they don't have their horses. Might have been drinking their own, own Kool-Aid a little too much, too. Well, I just, even had Yale won the game tonight, I would have sat here and I said, that's a spectacular win for Yale. You know what? They're going to make the playoffs. Right. Th- this win tells me that Yale is going to make the playoffs, but they would still be the underdog to me in the Elmont game just simply because one win doesn't all of a sudden establish you as the, the, no, the now top you have team to build in this. the league. It's like when you start doing this consistently, why do we talk about Croslex? Why do we talk about North Branch? Why do we talk about Elmont? And why are we now talking about Armada? It's because for a couple, more than a couple of years with those first three teams, but with Armada, it's a couple of years now. They're being competitive. They're beating other top-tier teams, and it's not, you know, one time. Right. You know, one time doesn't make you world champions. One time is a nice it, – it, it would have been a huge upset. It would have been a huge upset that would have – we'd have been talking about it for the next couple of – hey, remember Yale beat Croslex, you know, and – it didn't happen, though. They fell a little short, and a lot of people outside of Yale aren't going to remember that this game was so close later in the year. You know, next week, Croslex isn't going to be thinking about how close it was with Yale. Croslex is going to be thinking about their next game and how they have to play against Elmont. And Yale, this is a building block, but you can't build a foundation with one block. You have to build on this. Go take care of business against MLA City. And, hey, you really want us to get excited for Yale Yale football moving forward and maybe Yale in the playoffs beat Almont. That's where you need to get to because Almont is licking their wounds after a second straight loss. This one, a low-scoring game. Armada beats Almont 14-10, to and I have to double-check, but I believe that was the score in the second quarter, and it was a scoreless second half. Yeah, I, I, they probably played this game in under an hour tonight, too. Probably. You're not wrong. They just ran and ran and, and, and ran. This is a nice win for Armada. Uh, yeah, it was 14-10 at halftime. So. Um, be, because, again, they know that they still have North Branch on the schedule, and they know that North Branch and Crosslick still have to play each other. So Armada knows there's still a scenario. There's still a formula for them to get a piece of the title. Oh, are they, were they the biggest Yale fans tonight ever? <laughs> you know that, that that's what they were thinking. And the next biggest game in the league is going to be Crosslick and Elmont next week. Because Elmont is getting into a desperate situation here because they've now dropped two weeks in a row. Um, They need to win a game against one of the other bigs because they haven't been able to do that this uh, season. And Croslex maybe looks a little vulnerable after a close game. I have a feeling that the Pioneers are going to, like I did with Marine City, I have a feeling the Pioneers are going to be okay. 
They got the win. I'm sure that's all. And sometimes a game gets away from you. And, th- and this also might, you know, be the 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 poke, the kick in the pants that you that gets them to go. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. We have to work hard. That's when we have success. I mean, this is a long time ago now, but remember that 2011 Port here on High team that was a that was a as extra point away from possibly going to a state semifinal. They lost in Week Nine to Madison before their playoff run. Sometimes you need a good kick in the pants to get going, but Armada, they keep shedding off all these negative streaks. I mean, last year they beat North Branch. And granted, North Branch hadn't been in the BWAC for a while, but I don't believe they had ever beaten North Branch as a BWAC opponent. And then or the year before that, they, they beat Richmond in the opener. They hadn't beaten Richmond in what, like 10 years at yeah. that point. And they're their start the the best start in so many years. They're, they're they're beating these teams. And last year, who was the team that spoiled the party for Armada? Almont. It was Almont. What did they do this year? They get a fourteen to ten win. Is it the prettiest win? No. But your defense holds Almont to zero points and one touchdown. Zero points in the second half, one touchdown overall. That's a nice win. First time that Armada has beaten Almont since 2004. That's going on two decades. And again, like we talked about with Marysville Marine City, you can shed that off for a bit. And really, the only team they have a long losing streak against now in the BWAC is Cross-Lex. Can't do anything about it this year. But they are slowly peeling those back. And then you get to the point we were talking about haven't won a BWAC championship since have never won a regional championship or a district championship and now you're setting the standard and again it's why I am so high on Armada is that the attitude there is not hey we're good yeah isn't this awesome it's no this is expected we should win this game and I bet you if you talk to coach Rowley he's like hey I'm really happy we won great for the kids they did a good job but we can be better yeah when you stop thinking that you can be better that's when I'm going to tell you that your program's probably in trouble that's when that's when you stagnate yeah that's when you stagnate and other teams pass you and if you talk to any coach there that has a very successful program they're never satisfied with, with with anything, and I know Almont's gonna. They, they can't sulk on their last two losses for long because they're gonna have an angry Cross Lex team next week. But again, Armada just keeps ending these streaks, and that's how you take a program from kind of a BWAC afterthought to, hey, every year, well, we have to mention Armada in the BWAC discussion. We have to do this because. They're, they're just finding ways to get it done. All right. Uh, Richmond is another team that desperately needed to win this game tonight to, to keep their playoff focus alive here because they're going to run the gauntlet the next three weeks. So they had Emily City on the schedule, and they get it done with a 20 to nothing victory over the uh, Spartans. Uh, that gets the Blue Devils to 3-2 and two on the season. So kind of in spite of their struggles, because the two times they've lost – They've lost bad, but this is their second shutout of the uh, the season. Probably they could have shut out Detroit Prep, but they put some subs in, and that one. So their first teamers got a shutout. Yeah, 
But I, but I mean, you know, this was a must-win for Richmond, and they responded with a twenty-to-nothing victory. I guess Emily City gave them a battle in the it first was, half. Zero-zero at, at halftime. Hey, Rich, you got the job done, and now you're going to have a gauntlet coming up. You have what North they, they Branch, got, Almont, yeah, Armada. Go to North Branch, go to Almont, and then they get a home game against Armada. That's rough. That's very rough. So they had to win this one. They've got Clintondale at the end of the schedule. They'll probably go into that game having to win to have any hopes of getting into the playoffs. Well, and I'm sure everyone at Richmond is thinking, hey, again, it's the B-wacky for a reason. They played a weird game with Almont a year ago that I think the lights went out in the middle of. <laughs> they had a, They should have beaten North Branch last year, and they didn't. Again, last year doesn't mean anything with this year, but – I'm sure they're thinking they have a good opportunity there, but that's a uh, yeah, that's a gotta have it game for Richmond, and they got it. And Emily City, they they didn't get the win, but they're improving, which you like to see. Yep. And building blocks. Can't worry about your TV and your fixtures when you don't have a foundation in walls. They're building a foundation in walls right now. And uh, Matty Eunice with a 45-yard field goal. Two yards off the school record. Wow. He can kick. Yeah. <laughs> he can kick. He's, I mean, I don't think, I can't think of another kicker in the area that. Kicks like that. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah, if there's a kicker of the year, I think it's a one-man race. And, yeah. Unless I'm just completely missing somebody. But no. Nobody that I've seen. A lot of teams this year are just going for two. They're struggling so much in their kicking game. North Branch 74, Hamtramck 6. But that's not the story. What's the story? That they scored 54 of their 74 in the first quarter and somehow found time to give up a touchdown to Hamtramck. I know. 60 points in a quarter. Hold on. I have to check the record books because <laughs> that much. I would have thought you already did this. No, I didn't even think about it. Um, well, yeah, I'm thinking 54 points has got to be close to some kind of record for a quarter. I was thinking 60 total in a quarter. But um, so Hamtramck is, we talk about how Emily City's taking steps. Hamtramck hasn't even dug the hole for the foundation. They are. They haven't had football for what three years. Yeah, I think it's and three years. And they're trying to basically teach the kids the basics. Yeah. Um, I was I was told by some knowledgeable people that when Elmont played uh, Hamtramck, like the Hamtramck kids didn't really know where to line up, uh, and and the Elmont people were actually helping them get into the right place and Almont took it kind of easy on them and only won 44 to uh to nothing um and obviously North Branch is already going guns a blazing this uh, season and they they had 54 points in the first quarter and put yeah. up 74 so uh North Branch has now won 56 to nothing 60 to 7 51 to nothing 34-14 and 74 to 6. And I have to imagine that this game uh that they just scored basically every time they touched the ball because they only scored three more touchdowns so I'm assuming they took the guys out but Dennis like you've always said Yeah, and I'm assuming they only had three more drives the rest of the game. If I give the ball to a backup, what are you going to tell him? Don't score. Hey, this kid's worked hard all the time. Here's the ball. I mean, if you can score a touchdown, I'm going to score a touchdown. 
for a kid that's waited for this moment for a while. Because you've got to think about your future, too, because, you know, when your seniors graduate, this is the guy that's going to be your next go-to guy. You want him to feel good about himself. And you also don't have, like, it's the first quarter. Usually halftime is the point where you take the foot off the gas. I, I want to see the, the scoring drive. I have to imagine they scored those eight touchdowns on less than 15 plays. I wouldn't be surprised if they scored eight touchdowns on eight plays. Yeah. I really wouldn't. But if you're, if you're wondering, well, why did North Branch take this game? Hamtramck's a D2 school, and they actually won a game, so they get bonus points from that. And it's more than if they just took the Algonac forfeit. So it could be yeah. the difference. Algonac's D6 and Hamtramck's D2. It's a huge difference in playoff points. It could be the difference between North Branch potentially playing a second home playoff game and not. There might be a scenario, and I could be wrong, that they lose to Cross Lex but host them in the playoffs. Yeah, that could happen. Because Cross Lex had to take the forfeit to, to Algonac. And Hamtramck was a team that Cross Lex. Uh Asked, hey, do you, do you want to play? They even said, we'll come down to Hamtramck and play the game. And now I know why Hamtramck said no thank you. Right. So they had accepted this uh, North Branch game, I think, before the season started. Yeah. So anything else in the No, there, there's not much else you can say about uh, that. Um, Croslex narrowly uh, escapes, but they get the win. North Branch was North Branch tonight, Armada. That's a big win over Elmont. Now, Elmont is – that's a second league loss, so uh, the Raiders are probably out of the league chase. Uh, and Richmond had to get a win at Emily City, and they got the win. Uh, and that's uh, what happened in the BWAC. We'll take a look at the uh, thumb and eight-man football after this break. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. 
Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, Overhead Doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year. Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, uh, into the thumb we go, and uh, Ubley just being Ubley uh, went on the road at uh, Memphis and won 66 to nothing. Uh, they are still uh, unbeaten on the uh, season, and they are still just steamrolling everybody that they, they've played. Really, nobody's even come close to giving them a game yet. No. And the one per, the one team we thought would, they beat 42 to nothing. Yeah. Is there, I mean, look at the rest of their schedule. I mean, we said it after the Harbor Beach win. But they beat Beach 42 nothing. They beat Memphis 66 nothing. Cass City, Sandusky, USA, and Reese. Definitely not the last two games. Cass City's the only maybe candidate left i i don't i'm i'm sorry ubley is unchallenged in the gtc east this year they are putting up stupid video game numbers hold on let me do some quick math so their offense has been ridiculous through five games their lowest scoring output was 41 right now they are averaging 50 points a game, basically. Yeah, and that's 248. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with a shutout tonight, they've only given up 29 points this year. And how much of that was in with the starters is what I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. 
Mar- Marlette is the only team to go double digits on them this season with 16 points. And I know at least one of those touchdowns came. It was late 50 to nothing at halftime. Yeah. So game. both touchdowns came in the second half, probably against After the, the game had been yeah. well decided. Speaking of Marlette, uh, Harbor Beach beat them 56 to 16. So Harbor Beach bounces back. What does this tell us about this Marlette football team? They're 3 and 1. But Ubley and Harbor Beach, their two biggest show-me games, and they didn't really respond well. It tells me Marlette is an above-average, a decent football team. It tells me Harbor Beach is a pretty darn good football team. And it tells me Ubley is an elite-level football team. Like, it just – there's separation between those three teams. And – Marlette by no means is a bad team. I mean, Harbor Beach still might be a top 10 team in Division 8. They just have to share a conference with number one, Ubley, who doesn't look like they'll stop come hell or high water. Well, yeah, this this year, and again, this is a team, went to the finals, went to the semifinals, and they basically still have everybody back. So, what's, I mean, the, the next thing for this team to do is win the, the only thing for them to do yeah the only thing left for ugly to do and yeah it's i mean i don't think the bad axe is not a bad team did they win again tonight i didn't see did you see a bad axe? i didn't see a bad axe. let's one. see quick look up here uh oh they they got a forfeit win over unionville seaboying that's probably why I didn't say bad axe for. So bad axe <laughs> after losing is four and zero and have given up fourteen points. Like, come on, people. Ubley is just stupid good. Harbor Beach is pretty darn good, and more or less a good football team that'll end up in the playoffs. Um, Cassidy might end up in the playoffs, and it helps that they got a twenty to fourteen. Well, it, it's over interesting because Marlette and Cassidy still have to play each other. That'll be and a very that, telling that's game. coming up in week uh, seven. So Marlette goes to Memphis next week. Then they play Cassidy home, and then they go to Vassar. I don't know if they have a week nine opponent yet. Who? Um, Marlette. The Waterford Our Lady of the Waterford Lakes. Waterford Our Lady of the Lakes. that was supposed to be Algonac's week nine. Yeah, so, so they're, they're at least the favorite in three of those four games. And right now I would call Marlette Cassidy even. Maybe I would slightly hedge to Marlette because I don't – they lost bad in their two losses, but those are two teams I don't have a lot. I don't – like, if you lose bad to Harbor Beach and Ubley, I don't knock you down the totem pole a lot because that's just what those two schools do. Uh, and a 20-14 to 14 win for Cassidy. Uh, the Sandusky, they're not winning games. They're 1-4 and four now, but they've been better the last three weeks than they were in the first two weeks. Unfortunately, the next two weeks are Harbor Beach and Ubley. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to play them at some point. They're in your league. But I'd rather play them while I'm getting better than play them at the start of the year and and absolutely know that I'm probably going to get steamrolled. Yeah, but yeah, at least give myself a fighting chance. One more 11-man game, and that's going to happen on Saturday afternoon. Marine City Cardinal Mooney at home against Waterford, Our Lady of the uh, Lake. Uh, and again, this let is... cause Lex be a warning sign. Well, I don't mean, don't look ahead to Everest. I know Everest won big over Liggett. Yeah, tonight. that's what I was going to say. Like this becomes an important game for Mooney just because Everest kind of puffed out their chest and beat uh, a team 
that uh, you only beat by a touchdown, they beat them by 30. Yeah, don't look ahead. Don't, don't do it. Take care of business. Hey, get to halftime, get a big lead, get some young guys in, but take care of business. Let Croslex be the cautionary tale because you have one big unchecked box. We talked about Marlette peeling away those negative streaks. You have one big one to peel away, and you, well, you can get a twofer. Beat Everest for the first time ever. Get back to the prep bowl, and you got to beat Waterford, Our Lady of the Lakes to get there because otherwise, now that uh, Everest won, if you lose to Everest, you're not going to the prep bowl. Yeah, but but again, got to get this win first. This game comes first. This is the game that you got to focus on, um, and that'll be a one o'clock kickoff tomorrow or Saturday, whenever you're listening to this on stream one. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little eight man football here. Team you saw last week that likes to throw it around a little bit is Oakland Christian, and they were at uh, Deckerville. And I, I was really interested in how this one would go. 96 points later, Oakland Christian wins 52-44 over the Eagles. Yeah, I'm not shocked Oakland Christian did that. Their offense is really dynamic. And I think Oakland Christian could be a team that makes a deep run. They are very talented. Deckerville's good, but they're not next level good. I'm actually, this game's a little closer than I thought. Okay, well, that's that's interesting. That's it because um, Kingston is the other big in that league, and they were able to beat Oakland Christian. And and here's the thing, Brady. At some point, they want Brown City in that league, and Oakland Christian is probably the team that's going to get bumped. Right. Um, I don't know. Darned if you do, darned if you don't, because Brown City's pretty good, but oh, Christian's pretty good, too. Yes, they are. <laughs> so you might want to see them leave your league, but do you really want to see Brown City enter your league? Exactly. <laughs> um, K-Pac loses to Mayville 42-6. to, to six. I thought this would be a better game. What's going on with K-Pac all of a sudden? They struggle with their secondary, and if a team can throw, they're going to struggle. K-Pac does a decent job stopping the run, but... Oakland Christian showed everyone if you can throw, you can take it to K-Pack, and I have a sneaking suspicion that's what happened here. All right. Uh, in the stripes, Peck rolls 46-18 over Bay City All Saints. Um, the, the, the Pirates are going strong since that week one game against Brown City. Yes, they are. And with the benefit of hindsight, that week one loss doesn't look so bad now, does it? Especially depending on what happens tomorrow, because apparently Brown City's now playing tomorrow, or at least yes. they've always been playing tomorrow, just now listed on the MHSA site correctly. Another game that I thought would be closer ended up being very lopsided, and all of a sudden, after two losses to start the season, and I don't know, maybe losing to Ashley at home by 20 points, woke up the Mustangs because they've won three in a row, and uh, they cruise over CPS 58-14. to Yeah. Yeah, I was expecting more from CPS, and, well, maybe Merritt's just a, a pretty good team. Yeah, and I, like, CPS has actually been very competitive this year, playing very well, and I thought at home, you know, it's, there, there's no easy way for Merritt to get up 
to Carsonville, Port Sandlack to play this game. Like, but none of that uh, affected them uh, in uh, this one. So now we come to the game that will be played on Saturday, 1 o'clock kickoff, Brown City at Martin. Um, really, really interested to see how this game plays out, to see how Brown City stacks up to Martin or how Martin starts stacks up to Brown City. Because if the Green Devils win this one, Brady, and we, we've been saying it all week long, you we're, gotta we're look, looking at, you got to look at them as contenders. If they win this game, we're going to start trying to figure out the logistics of how one of us could possibly get up to Marquette for an eight-man title game. Well, you just drive up 75. I understand how to get there, <laughs> but assuming we still have other teams left. Uh, it'll probably be a Saturday game. Just leave straight from a Friday game. Why not? In the semifinal. Uh, that would be interesting, but, yeah, that's, this is this is going to be a big one, Dennis. And uh, and it should be a fun one, uh, just based on what the two teams are, are doing and after seeing Brown City play a 58-40 to 40 game, this one might be the first team into the 60s wins. It's going to be old school eight-man football. By old school, <laughs> I mean 2014. <laughs> so uh, that one's coming up tomorrow at 1, and again at 1 o'clock, uh, I'll have the Mooney game against uh, Waterford, Our Lady of the uh, Lakes. Congratulations, Huskies. They win the Crosstown Showdown. Uh, Croslex uh, ekes out a win. Armada, a close one over uh, Elmont. Uh, business as usual for uh, North Branch. Marine City ends up uh, winning by 28 against uh, Marysville. It was very uh, interesting. Congratulations to the New Haven Rockets ending a long losing streak with mm-hmm. a 20-point win over Madison. All right, Dennis, I'm tired. I need to get some sleep. It's been a long week, and we'll be right back at it next week because action doesn't stop now. We're, we're only at the halfway point, and it's just going to keep getting more and more interesting. He's tired because he's cranky and complaining about officials. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.